Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me there on Twitter, and this is the show where we uh, we will look into results DB about yesterday's uh, seven game slate. Didn't didn't go my way. Didn't go my way. And maybe we'll take a look uh, and answer some questions. Strategy about uh, today's slate. I guess MLB in general, right? Fifteen game slate. Do we have do we have the starting pitchers? I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know. We have a core. We have a cores game, and uh, DK forgot to just forgot that it's going to be in cores. So those prices are way too low for Cubs versus Rockies. Uh, the Yankees are once again one of the highest team totals uh, slate uh, on the slate, and uh, let's see if they fail again. Uh, but uh, but I'll answer anything. MLB strategy questions or anything. DFS anything. Doesn't matter. That's what we do. It's the DFS pregame show. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. Suki Singh, Jacob Wincoop, Jerome Lewis, Daniel Hutchins, Jamie Burkhart, Doug Montgomery, Brian Seacard fan, Dwayne Bones, Rob F., Julian Wilson, Shane Newman. I see you guys. Give me those thumbs up. Thummy thumbs. Give me the thummy thumbs first thing in the morning. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Shannon Lambert, same thing for me. And one of my best lineups, I had uh, I had Mancini over Mountcastle, right? They got to make one of those guys first base outfield, right? Make Mountcastle first base. Didn't they used to be that on DraftKings? You can't you can't you can't play Mancini and Mountcastle together ever. So you always have to choose. Do you play the do you play the the high price one or the low price one? You always get it wrong, right? You always seem to get it wrong. Uh, I had some Mountcastle lineups. I I had I I had the right teams, but I didn't have the good. I didn't have the right lineups. Right. Yesterday, uh, my my main stacks were I mean, I played everyone. I played the one fifty I put one fifty max the super knuckleball. So I mean I had one of everything, uh at least. Uh I had Tampa Bay, the Rays, I had Seattle, I had Baltimore, and I had Arizona. So other than Tampa Bay, all the three other teams scored plenty of runs, right? And now it, it didn't mean I didn't have any Yankees, right? I still had plenty of the Yankees, right? They didn't do anything. Right. I mean, it's it was hard to make lineups that had like those types of stacks like Tampa Bay was expensive, but without like spending all your money. I mean, the, the, the thing yesterday is that like judge, I mean, the Yankee, the, the Yankees didn't do anything. Right. And then the high price pitchers failed. Right. Taylor McGill, Andrew Heaney, Anthony Disclafani, 48 percent, 34 percent, 30 percent owned seven, five and six. Okay. Right. I had, I I was over on Lazardo. I was over on Josiah Gray, but he only had nine points. Uh, I was over on Lauer. I mean, not that much. He had 18, so he was fine. Right. I was over on Widener. What did Widener end up putting up? And he did better than the other pitchers. Eight. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Didn't do that much better. Right. So I was playing a lot of lineups where, like, my, the problem was, like, my Baltimore lineups had Taylor McGill in it, right? I mean, like, like Heaney wouldn't be in a Baltimore lineup. I didn't play any DiSclefani, right? I didn't play any because I was playing a lot of a lot of Diamondbacks, so I wasn't playing DiSclefani. And you could see here, mostly across the board, he was 30, 30% owned. I mean, I knew he was going to be that owned because the 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 ownership came out after the, the early games and Lauer was like 10% and Heaney was only 34. I thought he would be 50 I'm like, where did all this ownership go? Well, it went to Anthony Disclafani, who did find the first two or three innings and then blew up in the fourth inning and, and he's done. And he's done. And that's it. 
I didn't expect Flexen to have a big game, but apparently he did, right? But uh, the Giants, the Giants ended up getting there. Yastrzemski, Dickerson had a grand slam, right? So I didn't play that much of the Giants. That's why I played Widener, right? For the main reason. The pitching sucked yesterday, right? But you can see here, the highest the highest owned players, other than Yastrzemski, like all, did, all single digit, all nothing. Crawford, seven. Judge, zero. Rizzo, four. Bryant, seven. Gallo, seven. Toro, six. Toro was that, wow. 18% done for Toro. Colton Wong, seven. Stanton, two. Odor, zero. Heim, zero. I don't know why he was 15% on because he was cheap in batting cleanup, right? Adamas, even for, for Milwaukee, 14%. Nothing. Nothing at all. Right? The problem was, like, Brandon Lowe. Yeah, great. Two points. So that was the problem. Like, I was I was stuck. I had lineups. I was playing five, five X lineups. And I would have done like, yeah, I have the right style. I have Seattle. Okay, good. I got Ty France. I got, I got Hanniger. I got Fraley in it. And then like in that lineup, I have like Willie Adams at shortstop or something. Right. Or I, I Rizzo at first base. And it's like, okay, well that lineup's there. And then I have a, it's, it's McGill and, and, and it's a Heaney and Lazardo. It's like, okay, well that's, that ain't winning. That ain't going anywhere. So, so that was, that was so many of my lineups. So many, so many of my good by Baltimore, Seattle lineups and Arizona, because they were all cheap. So you're going to pay up. I have Lauer. Okay, fine. I have Lauer and McGill, seven points sitting there with like, hello. And then uh, then a one-off Brandon Law with second base, nothing, right? Two points, right? I have a one-off, one-off, uh, one uh, whatever. Whatever. I take a look at this. I said, yeah, I, I have plenty of like Urias. I had the Baltimore guys. I didn't have enough of Mullins though. Right, because he was the most expensive guy in the Baltimore stack. But I didn't have any of Chris Rodriguez. Apparently, apparently, I was, I was the one that did most of the other than Giant Squid. I mean, everyone, everyone I see here, at least that I put up, it was over on him. Right, where did people go with pitchers? I mean, I was, I mean, I was other than I was on point with Disclafani. We could see uh, Neil went under a McGill and just had a just a swath of just like other basically. Basically got different at pitcher, right? So go way under in the top two on pitchers and then just get a good combination of all of them, but still no flexing. Flexing was the highest scoring pitcher and like barely, barely anyone, barely anyone. Giant squid had a bunch of Widener. Okay, so there was more Widener ownership than uh, for sharper sharper players, I guess, than flexing. Even Jorge Lopez, right, 19, right? Because the, the, the Yankees, what, did two hits? But the Yankees have two hits and a bunch of walks. Something that was horrible. No, I, I was under on the Yankees. I was under on the Yankees and the Giants. I was about even the field with the Brewers. But still, I still had plenty of them as one-off. As, well, because they projected the best, right? Against uh, Jorge Lopez at Yankee Stadium. So I'd, I would play. I'd play a Seattle stack, but then end up having, you know, Joey Gallo in that lineup because... Like, if you're paying down a pitcher, you're not playing McGill or DiSclefani. Like, you have the money, right? That's why I had 28% Shoei Otani. I thought he was I thought he was a good play. Is he even in here? I don't even know. He should He should be. And there was a whole thing yes, yesterday. They had to add him to the player pool because they forgot. So he's not even showing up here. Yeah, like 28% Otani. Because how else? Unless you're playing the Yankees, unless you're playing Juan Soto, Unless you're playing Bryce Harper. I mean, where are you paying up? 
That's why I had a pl- plenty of Brandon Crawford, right? Because like, and I'm still, I, I still, I'm still setting it so that like I could leave a thousand on the table still. It's not like it's forcing it in, but that was the problem. It's like like if you left three thousand on the table, you you could have made you could have made a lineup, right? I mean, if we take a look at the winners, let's see, Mac twelve hundred on the table for the winner, which is just a mess. Good luck with this long term, right? Just pick out, you know, just pick out eight guys, just a random eight guys, and just okay, you got there. Lewis Brinson at less than one percent ownership is a one off. Okay, good luck with that. Uh, let's see, Shaky, who's this guy? Right, Seattle, Baltimore. Okay, this makes sense with San Francisco in there. Salary remaining zero. Okay, so he, okay. Here's salary remaining zero. Salary remaining two hundred. Salary remaining one hundred. 500 salary remaining 4,300 right in order to make this the Baltimore 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 four four two something whatever Lazardo and gray right 4,300 on the table giant squids lineup over here it is a 2,400 on the table Baltimore Philadelphia even playing Lauer but then you played the chief where Lopez a Hubbard's best lineup, left 400 on the table. Baltimore, 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 five-man Baltimore. And then three one-offs. It looked very similar. These are, these are what my lineups kind of look like. Right? Just didn't have enough Mullins. I, mean, I still had some Mullins in, in Baltimore stacks. But this, this is what my lineups look like. Well, let's see, RBX. Yeah, they, 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 this is kind of what, like, yeah, right. But you're stuck with the... With the seven point McGill. Right, you're, you're stuck. You're nerdy tenor. Right, Daniel's in the chat. San Fran, five man San Francisco and two, two Baltimore, one Philadelphia. And I at least got a decent amount of pitcher. But still, it's not, this is still not enough. Not enough to win. So yeah, I had a lot of lineups that, that looked more, more like that. More, I mean, worse, obviously. It's not even showing up here, right? It's worse than that. What are my best lineups? Do it do? I should be in here, right? Yeah, 345th place, right? I one. What's my best lineup? Milwaukee stack, right? McGill, Lauer, right? Oh, no, Baltimore, 5-3. But I didn't set on, do I just did 5X and whatever came out. I mean, this looked, this looked good from the start, right? You, know, you got Mountcastle, you got Mullins, you got Hayes. Escar ended up doing well, but then you got Adamas in there, the, the Valleca, right, which I didn't care about. I never I just and then McGill's, you know, craps to bed, but that's not gonna matter. That's what a lot of my lineups look like, right? 129, McGill Gray, Baltimore, Baltimore Milwaukee, another one, right? With Ramon Urias now at shortstop instead. But then I have Trey Mancini with zero. And then two pitchers with less than 10 points. So it was it was was not a good day. I was in the right right direction, just not didn't didn't make the right lineups. Did not make the right lineups. And Otani didn't do anything, and I had him in a quarter of my lineups. He was only eleven percent owned. So why not? Why not do it? Let's go to the YouTube chat. Let's go to the YouTube chat. Do 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 do. Ronald Coley asks, if you only had one lineup to make, would you have stacked the Yankees yesterday? No. And in fact, in my, in my, in my single entry, in my, in my, I mean, I played a couple, but the 121, I played the Orioles. 
If I had one lineup to make yesterday, I would have played the Orioles plus the Rays. I, I believe that's what I played. I believe that's a literally exactly what I played. I think my 121 lineup. Either my 121 lineup or the 250 lineup. Like we could even go, we could even look. Let's look. It's in here, right? What are, what are my 121? Let's go to that. And let's go to the 250. Okay, so this is the 250. Did I cash? Is it even going to be in here? No, if I didn't, if, if I didn't cash, it's not going to be in here. I don't know where it is. So I'm not cashing either of them, right? Because my pitching was horrible. But yeah, no. In 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 one of these two, I played like Baltimore. I one I played Seattle plus the Yankees. That didn't work out, right? Because I Seattle five man, but I played Rizzo at first and uh, Toro at second, so I didn't have France in that lineup, so that was gone. And then uh, then Baltimore, and I played Baltimore with Mancini. Mancini, Urias, but no Mullins. So basically I had Mancini, Severino, Urias, Hayes, Santander. Right, so I missed two of the home runs in there. So that that did me in on that slate. But no, if I, if I, only, if I only had one lineup, I, I don't want to play the chalk stack. I don't mind playing the chalk pitchers. But if I only had one lineup, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to in single entry. I want, it's easier to get leverage. Always understand that, that the chalkiest players are going to be even chalkier. So it makes you more likely to not play the chalky bats, especially when the bats are more variant than the pitching. I chose to do two things. Go, I'm not going to play the Yankees and I'm not going to play Heaney. And I'm going to play the Orioles against what I believe is going to be a 50% owned pitcher. So in that lineup, well, I got the leverage by doing that. So what's the, what's in the rest of my lineup? I'm going to play Taylor McGill. I believe I played McGill and Gray. And I did a Baltimore five man and a three man Tampa Bay. So I'd like, I like Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz and Brandon Lowe at second and uh well what, what's what's and yandy ds now that that's what it was right because i didn't play i didn't play franco a third so i was doing severino mancini urias Hayes, santander yeah so that was the line i remember even that because i had to decide i had money the 100 for wendell i could have played wendell or diaz at third base or whatever it was second whatever it was i chose diaz so that that's what i played if you're like, what would you have stacked? No, I, I wouldn't have. Because if they're going to be 28%, I mean, we could even look. Let's look at the ownership. Here's the single entry. We could go back to this. Like we could, you could look at this stuff. You could do this in Results TV. Results TV is free. So let's, let's look. I'm going to cut these out. We're going to look at the, the ownership differences between the single entry 121, right? The 121, what's the single entry? What are we, single entry battery versus the super knuckleball, the $5, whatever, YOLO. I mean, look at the differences. Brandon Crawford in the single entry was 51% owned. Judge, 39. Gallo, 32 versus 21, 28, right? So look at this ownership. Yes, they're the highest owned in the super knuckleball, but they're way high owned. Because people are more likely to play the best plays, right? So you have Judge here, Stanton at 18, Odor at 18, 
Judge, Gallo, 27. I mean, look, Rizzo at 35%. So it's easier to fade. It's easier. More lineups are in the or more lineups that are in the contest that you could bust if the Yankees bust. So why why wouldn't I? There's less lineups to bust. I'm more likely to play. It sounds weird. But the chalkier, the really chalk, like not playing, like in my single entry lineup that I listed, the Baltimore, Tampa Bay, plus McGill and Gray. Yeah, obviously I played a 59% owned pitcher, but I didn't play a 51% owned shortstop. I didn't play a 44% owned outfielder, 42% owned first baseman, right? I didn't play a 33% owned pitcher, right? Because I stacked against him. I didn't play a 36% on Discalfani. I didn't play a 39%. I didn't play like any of these guys. So it's like, so, so this, the Baltimore Tampa Bay stack, they don't have to score 12 runs. They just have to score six, seven runs. And the Yankees and the Giants have to be pretty much done. So I'm rooting for things to fail. I'm not rooting necessarily for things to succeed. If the Yankees... And the Giants put up eight runs each. Yeah, then I'm going to need 14 runs out of the Orioles. I'm going to need. I'm going to. I need them to outscore them. Outscore, even even if they do well. So that's why you look here and you go look. Brandon Crawford's 51 percent in the single entry 121, but 29 percent in the super knuckleball makes it every more reason to fit to just know why why am I playing a 51 percent on batter? And typically, that's that's what ends up happening. Guys get even chalkier. So you shouldn't, you should be more inclined to not play the chalk. When the chalk hits, you're dead, of course. Sure, yeah, because more lineups have them. But when the chalk doesn't hit, which, and it doesn't in baseball more often than any other sport, you have the chance to, you have the chance to win first place with a lower score. So no, if I, 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 when I you should look at my lineups at the when I play the 121 in DraftKings or even the 250 Formax or whatever the hell it is. I, I never I'm I rarely ever play chalk bats. I'm more like much more likely to play chalk pitchers. Do 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 do. Oh. Jim Steele, I played five lineups and had 100% McGill and Heaney. Was that bad process or bad act? They were the two best projected pitchers from a median perspective. Now, if he played McGill and Heaney and he also played Yankees and Giants, then why, why are you playing such a chalky lineup? The players don't matter in your lineups. When you're reviewing, the lineups don't care about the... Like you still, you still, I played five lineups that I 100% McGill and he also, yeah, and, and enter any player there. They they all have ranges of outcomes. Look at your lineups as a whole. The lineups matter, not the players. A McGill plus Heaney lineup, should, you should have had something other than, you should have had, you're playing the chalk pitching combination. So let's say, let's say you played Tampa Bay in that lineup and they didn't do bad. That's not a bad lineup. Those are lineups that I played. Played Arizona in those lineups. Oh, perfectly fine. Now, if you if you played off the wall, you know, if you played Pittsburgh plus Miami, and then you also played Jorge Lopez, like now you're getting to the point of now your projection is less like ridiculously too low. Right? That combat that lineup combination was was probably very low probability. 
Like you don't have to get that that stupid, that absurd. Uh, let's see. Do, 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 do. Going through. Do, do, do. People are talking amongst themselves. Jim Steele said he had mostly Seattle and Tampa Bay. Okay, then that's fine. Can he play McGill and Heaney with two not high-owned staff? I mean, it's a seven-game slate. Everyone's going to be owned to some extent. But yeah, no, Seattle plus Tampa Bay plus Heaney plus McGill, you're naming what my lineups look like. They didn't work out. Oh, well. There's another day. Today's another day, right? Today's another day. Rob F says, Blender, DFS has finally clicked for me. It's literally about maximizing relative value with good projections. Players don't matter. Salary somewhat doesn't matter. You're right, exactly. When it clicks, it clicks. Once it clicks to you, you'll understand. You'll play, you've been playing DFS for four years and go, oh my God, I, how, how, how have I been that stupid? And then you take a look at how, and pl- play DFS and go, why? It seems almost too simple. And then you look at other people's questions and go, how could they be so stupid? Right, that that's what happens. You realize, oh, everything I've ever asked for the past four years didn't matter at all. It doesn't even matter. I don't even know why I was worried about it. Uh, Michael Dampier asked a process question. Feel free to post your questions, whatever. I mean, are we going to talk about a 15-game slate today? Do we even have all the pitchers? Nestor Cortez is pitching for the Yankees, we know. Okay, okay. What are we going to do about it? I don't know. We have 30 lineups to go through. Uh, starting lineups, who knows what's going to happen. Process question from Dompier. Let's see. Let's say you have a 10-game slate. Yankees are showing as 20% likely to win, but 18% owned. What do you do with that information? Well, it just means that the Yankees are slightly under-owned. That's it. They're just slightly under-owned. Which means they, they, they will provide slight amount of relative value to your lineups. That's it. That's all it does. If they're wildly overowned, that means if you do play them in your lineup, you're going to not need to get weird, much weirder elsewhere. But if they're about efficiently owned, then you could play them in with, with whatever. You're going to have to find leverage somewhere. You got a little with the Yankees. They're 20% likely to win, but 18% don't. But of course, this is these are averages. Because remember, like you could play, if they're chalky, you could play, and they're playing Brett Gardner instead of Aaron Judge yesterday lowers the ownership of your lineup dramatically. And you're still playing a 5A Yankee stack, right? Just that obviously Brett Gardner projects nowhere near what Aaron Judge projects, right? So you can take a look at the Yankees lineup and you go, oh, they're going to be too owned. Well, who says you have to play Judge? Who says you have to play Rizzo? Let's say you play the bottom of the year. I mean, you could, you could do that. It's still the Yankees. You can't just go by, well, the Yankees have a 20%. Well, the Yankees, yeah, the Yankees' best five man, the best four man. But now we got three outfielders here, right? I mean, now now we don't have that many slots to put people in. But let's say you play, let's say instead of playing Judge or Rizzo, you play Stan Gallo, Sanchez, Torres, Odor. But that doesn't sound all that bad, right? I mean, a ton of strikeouts. I mean, the whole lineup has a ton of strikeouts in it. But it's quite possible that the Torres, Odor, Sanchez aren't as owned as Rizzo, Judge, and Stanton, and Gallo. 
So you decrease the ownership. So now your ownership goes down. And now you're still playing the Yankees. You could do that. Brian C, is it smarter to team stack or let the builder select players at random? I don't I don't know what that means. Obviously, don't let just pick random bats, just one-offs. I, t- I typically play teams. I don't care what, I don't care what, obviously the projections for certain players will be higher than others, right? If you pl- stack the, the Phillies, you're going to get more likely get Harper and Real You're going to get good, better players than you are going to get the worst players in the lineup. But I don't care. I, I'm, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing 10 Arizona stacks. It's like, I don't care. I, I don't, I don't go through and say, oh, it has to be the one, two, four, five. I don't, I don't care about, I don't care where they bat. As long as it fits in and the projection and the ownership match up, then what is it? What, the numbers are already there. That's why I said I play teams. I don't play hitters. Now, what I will do is if I'm playing with one-offs, I will click the OIS button on guys that don't have high upside as a one-off. So like in, in the Philadelphia lineup, maybe I, I don't have Torres Williams or Herrera as one-offs. So they could be part of a stack. Maybe not even Bohm, right? Maybe not even Segura. Maybe only Hoskins, Harper, and Real Muto. Which means if I have a stack of some other team, I can't have a Ronaldo Torres one-off in it, right? I could look at the Orioles line, but like maybe I don't want Valeka as a one-off. Maybe I don't want Urias as a one-off, right? So I could go through the entire slate and go the low projected, low ceiling guys, guys that don't hit many home runs, I don't want as one-offs. So I, I have a ton of, ton of people not as one-offs. But outside of that, all I'm doing is like, I want uh, eight stacks of this team and four stacks of that team. However it comes out with the pitchers that I have in my pool, that's the way it comes out. Betting on teams. And if you're playing five, three lineups where you're locking in everything, so you're playing one team, five, one team, three, I just care about the combination. I'm going to play Phillies plus Yankees. I'm going to play Cleveland plus the Mets. Plus, depending on which stacks I'm playing, I want a nice combination of how many different, if that means I'm playing this guy over that guy, then so be it, right? If I'm playing Phillies, Yankees, and I have uh, Harper over Gallo, and I'm playing Alec Bohm in my third base spot because I'm the menu is too expensive, right? And I have Sanchez over Real Muto, who cares? But I have Luke Williams, right? But I have Luke Williams in the lineup. Well, how do you play Luke Williams in a 5-3 Philadelphia Yankee? Well, what is it matter? I'm just, just pairing two teams together. If those two teams to put up 10-plus runs, 8-plus runs, whatever, the, most likely that there'll be people from those teams. Who knows who they're going to be? Most likely be the better players. But you may not be able to stack. You, know, you can't play Sanchez and Real Muto together. You can't play all three Yankees outfielders and still get Bryce Harper in there. Right, see, it's whatever whatever way it weaves together, it weaves together. And if I'm playing like, oh, I'm playing, you're playing Harper, Bohm, Williams as your three man. You're like, well, that's three, five, seven. They're one gap apart. Who cares? I don't care what part of the order there. I don't care what the gaps between the order is. But if I'm playing the Yankees, you're playing two, three, five, six, eight, and you're skipping Stanton. So. Look at the Baltimore, look at the Orioles yesterday. 
Like everyone did well. And Mancini's sitting there like, oh, for a million, right? I mean, like, so who cares? If you had one, two, four, four, six, right? Yesterday, pretty much. If you had one, two, four, six, you were gold for Baltimore. And probably five, right? You got nine points. Santander got a couple of points. You're like, well, it skips the third spot. How could I skip Mancini? Look, we can have to skip one of these guys. They're both first base eligible. On Fandle, you don't have to, right? Because they have a utility spot. So don't worry about the don't worry about the batting orders. The projections already take into account the plate appearance expectation. Let's see. Going through the chat. Let's see, Uncrabby Cabby. Using lineup HQ, if I want 100 lineups using one team 50% primary and the other team 50% secondary, what's the best way to do it? Trying to increase your stack combos. I don't, why, why are you playing that much? I don't, I don't understand what you're, I don't understand what's the best way. The best way to do it is exactly what you're showing. You want to use one 50% and the other 50, then put 50s into both columns. What's, I don't, I don't understand what, what's so difficult, right? You choose your quick stacks, whatever. I want 50% Philadelphia primaries and 50% whatever. I mean, you could do that. What's that? I don't understand the question because that's exactly what you do. You'd have to fill out the rest. You have to equal 100. It's going to try to make as much as it can of other things if they're set at zero. If you want to eat, you, that's pretty big. I want 10 of this, 10 of that, right? Whatever. And fill it out so these come out to at least 100. And then it'll make them. And on a 15-game slate, if you're making 50 of one and 50 of the other, I mean, it, you're, really, you're really getting narrow with your diversity. You're not getting very diverse with your lineups. You may, may, obviously, set unique players for like one in order to make those combinations or set your minimum salary low. Danny Lewis, Jordan, relatively speaking, how much do you consider NL versus AL in terms of more at-bats late in the game? I don't at all. I don't consider that whatsoever. Anything like that is already in the projections. I don't consider, I don't I don't care what league they're in. I don't care home versus away. I don't care the ballpark. I don't care the weather. I don't care about, uh, I don't, I, nothing. Anything that you, you could relate to baseball. I don't care whatsoever. You know why? It's already in the projections. So there's no reason. It's already in the numbers. So what's there to me to care about? Oh, if it's two guys that are, the, if, if two guys project equally, then it, all the variables equal them to be equal. Well, which one do you pick? I don't pick, I don't pick players. I build lineups. Close your eyes and flip a coin if it's easy, right? Do that. Perfectly fine. So no. So anything involving like, do you look at the do you look at the wind blowing out? Do you look at the do you look at the the, the last three games of this or the batting average of that or the OPS of this? It's all it's already in the projections. Anything that's already in projections, anything that I would look at, it would be redundant. It's already in there. So I'd be counting it twice for no reason. So that's why I don't I I don't even I'll have most of the time I don't even know what's going on, right? 
Now, obviously, I know that, oh, we have a game in course today, right? Cubs versus Rockies, not two very good teams. Zach Davis versus Kyle Freeland, not very good pitchers. And uh, outside of like Wilson Contreras, uh, like no one is priced appropriately. <laughs> like no one in this game on both sides, right? We have we have guys at, at under 3K in cores on both sides of the game, right? Ryan McMahon is 3,600. Rogers 34, Blackman 41, Story's 52, and a lot of times he's like 6,000 in cores. You got Connor Joe and Crone is 4K. I mean, none of these guys are priced. Well, they, they're not very good players, but look at the Cubs. Ortega, Bodie, Duffy, Hap. I mean, yeah, Fargus, Alcantara don't do much at the bottom of the order. Look how low. I mean, do I, do I, do I, do I need, uh, you know, common sense? It's like, oh, they're probably going to project well. <laughs> they're probably going to project. Yeah, I, I know I know the sense that they're probably going to project. Oh, the Yankees. The Yankees have a six-run implied total. They're probably going to project decently, right? I, 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 could, I, I know what the variables are to look at and go, oh, okay, these guys are probably going to project pretty well, right? Right. Taiwan Walker's going up against the, Mar- the, the AA Marlins lineup. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably project decently. Wheeler against, against the Nationals who don't have Turner and Schwarber or anyone. Look at their lineup. He's probably going to project. Well, I don't even have to look. Now, when I look, I go, oh, oh, it turns out that they, oh, oh it looks like Wheeler's the top projected pitcher. Oh, doesn't surprise me. I, I, it's not like I don't care. Oh, I don't know anything about what goes into baseball games. Just that anything granular from that, what do I need to know? It's already going to be in the number. But plenty of people ask, like, if you're in the bat track, oh, what does this guy project so poorly? Well, based on all these variables, that's, that's why he projects poorly. Does it matter? The question is, for DFS purposes, does it matter why? No, it doesn't. Do you trust the model? That's all it comes down to. Do you trust? If you trust the model, then what does it matter? I don't care why. And and, and the thing is, it can't be why for one player and not why for the other player. Right? You see see plenty plenty of people. I know. Let's take a look at today's slate. Right? Someone's going to look at this and go, Let's look, go by fantasy points and go. Uh, why does uh, why 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 doesn't uh, Walker Bueller against the Astros project as well as Tyler Molly against Minnesota? But they'll say that Wheeler's projection is is oh that that makes sense. Wheeler having a twenty one point projection. Well, if his projection is right, that means everyone else's projection has to be right. It's all the same model, so you can't say, well, I don't understand why Maeda doesn't project well. Like, who cares if he understands? I don't care. I don't care. Are you building your own models? I don't, either you trust it. Either, if you don't trust the model, then you just throw this all out. You X out your screen and you go, you go, you buy, you buy a voodoo doll, right? That's what you do. You go out and buy voodoo dolls, right? You buy, you buy some pot, you know, like the witched, w- wicked witch's pot, right? You put in some ingredients and you have spells and stuff. You, 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 you get a Ouija board and then, then, then that's how you pick lineups, right? If you don't trust the model that you're building or using, like how else? You, then, what do you, you go, uh, go on fan graphs? Go on plate IQ. Go through all of that and try. And all you're doing is the same thing that a model would do. You're doing the same exact thing, but now you're trying to do it manually. You're doing it manually, and you have no guideline of how to weight one thing versus the other, and you get succumbed to biases. And and oh well, this worked last slate, but this didn't work this slate. Like that's what most DFS players do. They get confirmation bias. 
And then they forget the times that it doesn't work and for remember the times it does work. And it's three years, four years later. And you're like, why have I lost $20,000 over this time period? How come I've never won? Be better off if you had the voodoo dolls and you, you the seances. You're praying to your dead. Well, if I turn to the left on Tuesdays, that means, uh, oh, it's coming to me. Someone with a C in the beginning of their name. And he said, oh, okay, I got to play. I got to play Dylan Cease today because it came to me in a dream. That's going to be just as successful. I mean, like, like, you may be laughing there. It's probably just as successful to do it that way versus trying to go through and trying to pick out and get your own biases on variables and not just, just build a model or use a model. We have plate IQ projections. Sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Get $10 off your first month. I click on the link in the description or you get the back or you build your own model or something that's not biased. So if you, if you, if you agree with, Oh, I understand why Manaya is projected so well, well, then you have to agree with all of it. It'd be like, well, it's running the same type of process on all, on everyone, on everything, right? You go to the hitters and you go, okay. Why does Aaron Judge project so well against the le- uh, uh, Orioles lefty in Yankee State? Well, I mean, that's common sense. He's also going to be one of the highest on players. Yeah, okay, I get it. Why, why do the Rockies and the Cubs project well? Yeah, because they're playing course. Obviously. Does it mean that they, they're going to succeed? No, it just means obviously the range of outcomes is going to be better. That's it. But everything's already in the number. If an umpire changes, right? Umpire change, weather changes, this will be this will be updated. That's what the bat does. So we see an update, ten twenty eight, right? If I update this again, there's probably no no update. This there's, there's nothing's changed. Nothing. I don't think anything could have possibly changed. We go up to eleven twenty eight. Does someone's for okay? We added we added judge to the player pool, right? Judges judges uh, judges still uh, eleven twenty five, right? We, Everything's here, 2150, yeah, nothing really has changed. It's not going to change that dramatically, right? The only time things may change a little bit more dramatically, a pitcher, if like someone's out of the lineup, right? Like if Soto doesn't play today, this Wheeler projection may go up by two points. And if for some odd reason they got, they would, they had, they better, had a better lineup, this projection would go down, right? I assume Walker Bueller projects much lower, even at 10.9 Ks, because the Astros are not a bad hitting team. That's what I would assume, right? That common sense. But you take Altuve, you take Alvarez, you take some of those guys out of the lineup. Walker Bueller may go up to 21 points, may. But it's already being, it's already being accounted for. That's why you could you could have a you could have an MLB DFS process that it's 15 minutes. The lineups if you're if you're especially if you're hand built, if you're not doing hundred plus lineups like you know, like I do, and yeah, you're weighing how much of this thing should I have and how much for that thing that I have, and you know, so you don't go broke in the process of playing 150 lineups. That's that's what takes most of the time. If you're just building one lineup, if you're building three lineups, five lineups, something like that. I don't see how it should take more than you could show up for a slate. The, the slate is 7.05 PM Eastern. You could show, you can know nothing about what's going on for the slate, nothing and show up at 6.45. 
and build three lineups. There's no reason you can't. There's no reason whatsoever. Not knowing nothing. Didn't you don't know how many teams are on the slate. You don't know who's pitching. Just all you do is show up at lineup line, show up to lineup HQ with the projections at 645. You look at the ownership, you look at the projections, you go, I think this team, you look, maybe you look at the stack projections. Is it it's one one stop shop view? Right? You look at the ownership between you go, oh, okay, this team is going to be owned and over which team is going to be over owned, which team is going to be under owned. You look at slate IQ, you go, okay, well, so many people are going to be on this and not on that. And then you make your decisions. You go, do I want to play Wheeler? Do I want to play Walker? Do I want to play maybe someone else? Someone else looks better than what they're going to be owned. Maybe Manaya is going to be lower owned. You go, maybe instead of playing Wheeler, I'll play Manaya. Maybe instead of playing Walker, I'll play Manaya Wheeler combination and I'll play a, some, some cheaper stack or something. And then you put it through and maybe even you maybe run some lineups, right? You put in, you like, okay, here are the teams that I'm targeting. This is, if you're making just one to three lineups, I'm talking about. If you're playing single entry, you're probably playing something like five, three. So maybe you go through five, three and you put it at a hundred percent, right? And you go uh, here, based on what I'm looking at, it seems like these, and you put primary stacks like, oh, I think that they're going to be under own. They're going to be under own. You put in a couple and see what they look like. It'll go by the projections. You see, and you compare the projection versus the ownership and go, yeah, I guess I, I could play this. I could play this low owned five man stack and still play three, you know, decent, still play Aaron Judge in that lineup. You still play Wheeler in that lineup. And you go, okay, this looks like a good lineup. And then you enter it. There you go. You do that in 20 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 10 minutes. Hell, five minutes even. You don't need to spend all day looking at stuff that's already included in the projections. Let's see, going through, going through. Samuel Shannon, will I ever drink coffee again? Maybe at some point. The only reason I don't is because it upsets my stomach. Long-term upsets my stomach. It causes me to poop, poop more than I already do. I already poop a lot. So no, so the last time I had an IBD attack, that was like a year and a half ago. I just said, screw it. I'm not drinking coffee anymore. And that's, it's a trigger. It's, you know, just traumatizing. It's like, nope. When I was drinking like four, five, six cups a day, I was pooping all day. Now I don't. So obviously that's good. Tim Williams DFS is the hitter, hitter pitcher range of outcomes under build rules in line of HQ, the same as randomness on other optimizer. Yes. And it's linear, it's linear randomness. Just understand what that means. It's not normal distribution randomness. Linear meaning that 10% means 10% of whatever that median number is, right? So if you 10% randomness on Zach Wheeler would mean that it goes everywhere. It'll go plus or minus 2.15 in either direction as randomly. Technically, that's not his normal distribution, right? It's not doing the normal distribution of his 10 to 33. Yet, obviously, at 10%, it's not going to matter that much, right? But yes, range of outcomes and random, it's the, it's the same thing. Jim Steele, would you be doing the show during football? Yeah, I should be. The show goes on Monday through Friday, as long as I'm not on vacation or something, or it's not preemptive for like another show or something, which typically I'd be on anyway. Right, like Thursdays this month, like crunch. It'll be like a crunch time on Thursdays instead of this show. But I'll be there. I'll be here. It'll be me and someone else, and we'll, you know, just like last week with Tuttle. 
Yeah, during football, should we'll talk about whatever. It's the DFS pregame show. So during September, we'll be talking baseball and football. And then October, like basketball comes back. And like, I mean, look, on Friday, I talked MMA. It could be whatever. That's why it's the DFS pregame show. It's not the MLB. It's not, it's, it's whatever's going on. There are people that are like, oh, I'm looking for golf stuff. Okay, we can look at some golf stuff. Even though I don't play that often. We could take a look at it. Strategy, the strategies, the game theory and the strategies don't change sport to sport. It's all the same. Oh, let's see. Do, do, do. Jamie Burkhart, Jordan, after adopting this type of play, I've now started to track, tracking my money in, money out in an Excel spreadsheet. I would suggest getting Roto Tracker personally. Uh, do you have a suggested time frame for me to say I'm making plus EV lineups? Yeah, years. <laughs> really? Really? That really. It's hard to know. That's why comparing your lineups to in results DB, if you're like, well, I made these types of lineups, and you see sharper players making those similar types of lineups. Okay, that, that that's a signal, right? In Roto Tracker, I like if you're playing GPPs. I like the f- looking at your finishing positions. This will load. Rotor tracker down. What's going on? My internet. Let's see. No, this is pretty. No, not, not. okay. Maybe rotor tracker is rotor tracker down. So rarely ever down. But I've sh- I've shown it before the uh, the finishing position screens. Like how many how many lineups are you placing in the top one percent of GPPs? Your goal is to get more than your fair share in there. Now, whether or not you come in first or come in third or come in tenth or come in twenty seventh, that that's that's noise, right? Most of the time, like, oh, you're within you're within ten points of first place in an MLB GPP. Like that's that's a double and a two RBIs or something. I mean, you can't control that, but you could build lineups that have the opportunity to win a lot. So you want to compare your top 1% to how many of your lineups you're placing in the top 1%. And typically, like, if you're placing 1.2%, that's like break-even. So the more than 1.2%, if you're placing 1.5% in the top 1%, okay, then maybe you just haven't hit something yet. Like, you want to, your, your goal is not to judge, like, it's hard to judge the exact EV of lineups unless you have, like, a you have very accurate projections, run the ownership and do like a lot of simulations. I mean, you could, you can do that. Uh, I judge, I judge my, my skill primarily by how many lineups can I place in the top 1%, top 0.5%, top 0.1%. Because that's your goal. That's where all the money is in these GPPs. So that's, that's, what, that's what I'm looking for. So like this year in baseball, I've had like, you know, 17 top 20 finishes, top 20. And like one second place and then like a fifth place and a whole bunch of like eighth, ninths, twelfths, you know, like that type of thing. So, and it's not been profitable, even with that. Like I need to hit, it has to go higher. But then I look and I'm like, if I'm getting 1.8% of my lineups in the top 1%, like what, it just kind of came down to, well, one, the lineup that came in ninth, on, you run the slate over and I come in first place for thirty, forty thousand $40,000. Right, like one of those, one of those could have gone my way, and it just didn't. But like, what am I supposed to do? Not make the lineups that make the top twenty? I mean, of course, that's what I'm. That's what my aim is. 
It hasn't gone my way. And then sometimes you have the opposite. Sometimes you look and you're like, well, I won, I won a tournament for $100,000. And you look and your top 1% rate is like 0.6, right? You're way under. And it's like, no, you got lucky. Now you're playing bad and you got lucky, right? If, you, if you're placing 2% of your lineups in the top 1% and you're losing money, now, now you're getting unlucky. So that's that's a good way to judge it by, but you want a large, I mean, you need a large, you need large sample sizes for this. Uh, the larger and larger the sample size gets, the more and more confident you could be. That's a better way of putting it. So there's no like, what is, what, what, when do you get to a certain point where, where, oh, now you could judge, like there, truthfully, I don't think there is one. I don't think you could play possibly long enough for that, for that to exist. But as it gets large, like a one month sample size is nothing. I mean, that is nothing, but it's still better than a one week sample size, right? So you think in those terms, don't think of what, what, what do you need? Just think as well, I'm going to track it for a week. It's like, well, a week is nothing. Well, it's still better than a day, right? I'm going to track it for a month, which is nothing, but it's still better than a week and better than a day. I'm going to track it for three months, which is still nothing. Right, it's still virtually no sample size in the grand scheme of, especially large field GPPs. But it's still better than a month. I'm going to track it for a year. You know how much that is? That's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. One year? What are you talking about? 150, 180 slates, 200 slates? You could be a mate. You could, you could, you could be mate. You could be completely down and be one of the best DFS players in the world. Right? Or you could have binked two or three times and been one of the worst DFS players in the world over a year sample size, okay? Two-year sample size, probably similar. The more, and then three, four, five, you could, it's still possible. It gets less and less possible, but even a five-year sample size, I mean, I've, I've, run, I've run simulations on like my own, but like it's, it's not a perfect, perfect methodology of doing it, of like my own results, I'm, I'm going on, I'm almost at my six year mark, almost. Uh, I've profited a little over $400,000 in six years. Remember, I'm a grinder, I'm a, I'm a nit, I'm a grinder. So, you know, it goes up a little, goes big hit. And then it's just like, I'm riding it, I'm riding it, whatever. And of course, I'm not spending money on Ferraris or stuff. Like the money that I win doesn't go, doesn't go anywhere, right? I'm not a big spender on stuff. I save, I invest, you know, I invest in myself. I put money in the stock market. I'm, I'm fine. But over that, that six year, almost six year period, that four, uh, I made 400,000 based on the variance of these sports, the same lineups, the same things that I did. If I just go by like finishing percentage type of thing, I, I could, I could be up almost $1.2 million. I could have been. I could also have been down uh, a half a million dollars. Okay, same same lineups, same everything, right? So that that in in a five plus year sample size, that's that's the variance of five years worth of playing, like not just like off and on, but like every day, multiple sports, multiple sites. That's the range of outcomes over a five year period. So I could be sitting here right now saying, hey, I'm down a half a million dollars. Why don't you listen to me? 
and still, I, I would have still made the same lineups for the past five and a half years. But you'd look at me and you'd go, why the hell we should, why should we listen to you, dude? You're down a half a million dollars. Well, I'm playing the same way that I played. That my range of outcomes, my median is like at that. My median is probably my median is like six hundred thousand. Right, I'm probably getting probably le- I'm more unlucky than I've been, based on what I've been playing. So actually, being up, up four hundred thousand over a five and a half year period, it's probably I'm underachieving. But that could have easily been I could be down, and I'd be doing the same exact thing. So understand understand how wide this range is. So you could you could dupe yourself easily into thinking you're a good player by getting lucky early. You could also dupe yourself into thinking you're a horrible player when you, I've been playing for two years and I'm down, I'm down money. I'm doing exactly what you've been. I, I've, I've learned, I've experimented. I'm building similar lineups. I'm doing, how come nothing's worth like, and you look and you see your top 1% fin- finishing rate is like 2.2% and you're down money. It's like, wow, you've gotten really unlucky. And it's completely possible. Let's see. Any other questions before we get out of here? Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Jim Steele, say you're doing single entry and the contests are similarly sized. Is it okay to just love a lineup and use it in all contests? I mean, it's, of course it's okay. It's just higher variance. You're, most of those single entry contests are going to be correlated with each other. So wherever you place in one, you're going to place in the others. So you're going to win them all or lose them all. So it's not as, not as diverse. Me personally, I would reduce my variance and play different lineups into different contests looking to win one of them. So it's not a matter of which is best. There's no such thing as best here. Your best plus EV lineup would be better if you played it in all the contests. Just the range of outcomes is just so wide. So I'm going to play every single entry contest and I have $1,000 worth of lineups into single entry contests and you lose. Well, you lose all 1,000. If you wait, oh, we cashed. Well, you can cash in pretty much all of them. Because they're all they're all about the same. But let's say you, I don't want to lose a thousand in one day. Well, instead of playing that lineup into ten different contests, you play ten lineup ten lineups into each of them. And if one of them wins, you win the three. Oh, I won the twenty five dollars single entry, and that's three thousand dollars, right? And if none of them come that very high, but you may cash five of them. Instead, you put in a thousand, you get back four hundred and fifty. It's all okay. So it's just what you're asking is a matter of diversification. There's no, there's no what's best. It's a matter of bankroll management, risk management. That's not strategy. Uh, Brian C. What time does the projected ownership come out? It, it depends on the day. Depends on when they run it. Obviously, the more lineups that are out, the, the more accurate it's going to be. Why does it say still say zero sometimes just minutes before the slate? Because obviously it's obviously we don't get all the lineups before the slate. Drupal Cabrera yesterday before lock had a zero percent ownership because the Diamondbacks lineup came out like like six minutes before lock, and it in order for them to run projected ownership at RG the whole process takes like 
at least 15 minutes to do, to run, to run everything new, update the lineups, all that type of stuff. So you weren't going to get it. So yes, Abdul Guerrero would have a zero projection, right? Like any anything that that is that was not projected to be in the starting lineup, it's not going to be in there. So you have to put that in manually, right? When I saw a dribble Cabrera in the lineup, I had, to, and I was playing plenty of Diamondbacks. I had to go in. I didn't. I had to give it a project. I gave him a seven point two point projection, just because I need to give him something, right? I'm building lineups. I'm not gonna. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna be able to wait until after lock. So I give him seven point two, and I give him four percent ownership. There. Don, I mean, am I? Is am I? Am I right? Who knows? That's what, that's what I would expect. Uh, I would estimate, and now I can make lineups. And now, now he'll be included. But that's it. But that's the, that's the, that would be the only reason. Ownership updates multiple times a day. But on the, like a 15-game slate with, I mean, lineups coming out. I mean, look at the, how many late games that we have. We have the 10 o'clock, 9.40, 9.40, 8.40. 815. So we'll probably get the Braves Cardinals lineups, but I mean, we probably get the Cubs Rockies lineups, but then some of these late lineups, like if you're looking to play, you know, I'm looking to play the Giants against Madison Bumgarner. Are you sure Austin Slater is going to be in there for 3k? Are you sure? Austin Slater may have, oh, he may be 12% owned today. Who knows? But then he turns out he's not in the lineup. He's going to still show for 12 and whoever's in there, right? If they Tyro Estrada, right? We don't, we don't know. Is Posey going to be in the lineup? Is Casale going to? We, we don't know this. So it's it's going to be based on projected starting lineups. So that's why you'll see that's why you'll see a zero. Now that should get updated once if ownership is run again. You'll see that earlier in the day, right? If we come out with the you know Yankees lineup and so and so is not in and this guy's in, right? Right. Let's say Stan has the day off or for whatever reason. We'll still show him, oh, he's going to be 14% down. No, he's not. He's not. He's out of the lineup. Once ownership is run again, Greg Allen will actually get an, an ownership number, right? Maybe two, which wouldn't be zero. Max Coach won. The guy who won last night is thinking that he has a whole new career. Goodbye, 100K. But that's what we want, right? We We want that. You should never, you should, truthfully, for these large field contests, you should, you should always root for, for single bullets, those types of people. You, you don't want to root for 150 guys. You're you're not going to get that money back. You want to, you want to root for, you want to root for someone to win a hundred thousand picking off just like one, two, like it literally doesn't, it's, it's eight one-offs in this lineup. Like you want this guy to have the money, right? You want, you want them to, you don't want him to, you don't want the, the person to withdraw it all. It's like, okay, I hope I see this person in other contests. Just random one-offs, just whatever. Just throw whatever it sticks together and see what happens. You're going to go through a lot of money that way. That's what you want. Whenever I see single bulls, whenever I see these types of lineups, when that's what you want that you don't want, you you wouldn't have wanted, you know, giant squid to win, right? You're not getting the money back from giant squid. You don't want a hub row to win, right? Building good lineups. You're not going to, you're not going to, 
All that's going to do is, okay, now the good, the, the good players have even more money and the bad players have even less money. You, want the, you don't want the bad players to go broke that quickly. So you, you root for that. I root for this. Oh, I can't believe some donkey won. Well, no, that's good. Just very similar to poker. I never, I never tilted at the table over a bad, over, over that type of thing. I tilted over bad etiquette, right? There was some, some schmucks at the table. Like I, I'd, I'd complain about that. Someone beat me. You're like, oh, they're playing badly. Good, nice hand. Not that I want them to stay. I want them to constantly play. You play that badly. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have the money at the end of it. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. You keep on coming back. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have everything in your stack and then some, over and over again. So that's fine. So you, if it wasn't for the fact that lineups like this didn't could could win. These lineups could never win, then we bad players would go broke too quickly. The fact that you could pick eight one-offs and get lucky and someone, okay. Not like it's always the same person, right? When people say this, oh, this person picked eight one a home run hunted and and he got there. Well, he did. Can he do it again? No, it's never the same, but the, the process doesn't work. If you did this every day, you'd be broke by the end of it. He did 150 lineups like this. If he took the 100,000 into 100, he'd be broke by the end of the month. Yeah, he hit once. Great. You'll hit once in a blue moon. You have to get the right one. It's not just the construct. You have to get the right ones. There's a reason why you don't see sharper players that build lineups like this. It's unprofitable to do so. But it doesn't mean it's, it doesn't mean he can't win. Max Coach says, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. That's right. I hope you I hope you guys also find the thumbs up button. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. Hit the subscribe button if you're new here. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. We got Grinders Live coming up later today. Talk about the 15-game MLB slate. That's at 5.30 Eastern. Then we got uh, that crunch time for premium members at 6.30 so uh, sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Click on that link in the description for $10 off your first month. And then after that, I believe we have a PGA show, PGA Drive for the Dough, whatever. That's with Noto or whatever. We got a, we have a PGA show later today. I think I think that's free. Is that free? Is that, I don't know. I don't know if it's free or if it's premium, whatever. Uh, but show up. I think it's on YouTube. I think, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Give me those dummy thumbs and uh, I'll see you, see you tomorrow. We'll, we'll go over, we'll go over the 15 games. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. That sucks. I'm here to answer your DFS strategy questions, as always, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. Mm-hmm.